Gangster Squad in color. Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. I am Stuart Wellington. And fiddling with my Stuart Wellington robot, I'm the mad doctor, Elliot Kalin. <laughs> Elliot, I've been, t- I've been meaning to tell you to stop fiddling with your Stuart Bleep robot. Bleep lorp, that feels good, boss. <laughs> I bought it to you're, fiddle with. <laughs> you're going to go blind. <laughs> Maybe he will, but not me. <laughs> All right. I mean, my lenses are clouding up. Yeah, exactly. See, it's his problem. <laughs> All right. Stubot, so, I made you for pleasure but not your own. <laughs> I am a God-fearing Christian robot. Wait, what? <laughs> that means you'll, he'll let you put it in the butt. <laughs> okay, oh, yeah. Well, well disgust, disgusting His past. robot. Dan, what are these people sadly uh, listening to against their will? Are they immediately pausing and then <laughs> deleting? What are they dragging to the recycling bin on their desktop? Uh, this is a little podcast called I'm The I'm glad they're recycling it, by the way. What? I'm glad they're recycling. Yeah, it's going to turn into a can or something like that. All these computer files, if we didn't recycle them. They just pile up? (laughs) There's that big patch of computer files out in the ocean. (laughs) Um, That's a myth. Oh, oh, this is a bad bad movie podcast, guys. What's it called? The Flophouse. I said that. You know what? Let me say. This is a a podcast called The Flophouse. It's about bad movies. Every episode, we watch a bad movie, and then we talk about it. Uh, Dan seems to be in some kind of semi-comatose hyperstate, and Stuart's just kind of drunk a little bit. So I'll take the reins. Me, Elliot Kalen. So today, Dan, what movie did we watch? A movie called Hat Detectives. (laughs) Should have been called Hat Detectives. It's called... Gangster squad. A squad of gangsters? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's really like... No, wrong. It's a squad that fought gangsters. <laughs> Dan, are you even listening to what we're saying? No, he's saying that our characters are gangsters. The gangsta, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was a movie about... Uh, is it, is it, Explain is the movie. The thin line between... Love and hate. Detectives and gangsters? <laughs> Not really, no, but... About using gangster tactics? Yeah, when you stare at a monster, be careful, because that Mm -hmm. monster could be you sometimes. Yeah, when you stare at the gangster, the gangster gangster stares back. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, anyway, so let's talk about what happens in the movie. Okay, Okay, so we watch this movie. Now, Elliot, this is the part of the podcast where Elliot talks about what the movie was actually about. Thanks for for introducing it. (laughs) Because you guys (laughs) don't remember it. Uh, Now, everyone may remember this was a big release from a while ago, star-studded. You got a lot Mm -hmm. of stars. Yeah, Sean The sky was dark. Josh Brolin, Ryan Gosling. Emma Stone, Robert Patrick, uh, John Polito, <laughs> My, Michael, Michael Pena, Pena. Yeah. Michael Pena, Anthony Mackie, huge stars. Uh, so, but it was a big, this is a big star. Giovanni Ribisi, I Nick thought that, Nolte. and I, Nick Nolte, and I was, I was before this movie came out, I was kind of hoping it would turn out to be really good. Directed by the guy who made Zombieland, which I like. I like a good old-fashioned gangster action movie. I like a lot yeah. of the cast you members. You like a good old-fashioned squad movie, too. I love squad Monster movies. Monster Squad. Monster Squad. Uh, squad Monsters. <laughs> All those movies. Uh, the Squad and the Whale. Yeah, Squad. <laughs> squad. I didn't like that so much. It was depressing. Okay. Uh, it was kind of like a short story that they made into a movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, squad Squad, which is about a squad like, that goes uh, after squads. Like Incident in Owl Creek Bridge. Yeah, that's not has nothing to do with squads. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a no, short story. A short story. Movie. They didn't make it into a whole movie. They made it a short did. film. Okay, continue. That aired as an episode of The Twilight Zone. So, the year is 1949. Mm-hmm. It's Los Angeles. Hollywood land. L.A., the city of angles. <laughs> Every building's got at least four angles. And Circles? A- no, thank you. No, thanks. No rounds here. We like corners here in Los Angeles. and uh, Or as we call it, Cornerfornia. <laughs> now... <laughs> I feel like that should be in something that's supposed to teach kids about geometry. Like, let's go to Los Angeles, <laughs> California. Mayor Pythagoras. Yeah. <laughs> All right, know? well, let's save it for the Donald and Math Magic Land sequel you're painting. Uh, yeah, it's, it gets really dirty. <laughs> Weird. They're trying to find the algorithm for ecstasy. <laughs> anyway, so uh, it, the crime is on the rise as gangster Mickey Cohen, Sean Penn with like three pounds of latex slapped on his face for no reason. Uh, is trying to drive out the East Coast mob 
in the form of John Polito's character. And uh, things. John Polito, forever being driven out by other mob bosses. <laughs> he's, he's never the big mob boss. Although for for me, my favorite role of his is always the dry cleaning investment salesman who from the man who wasn't there. Right. Oh, I love that. He goes when he raises his eyebrow at uh, Billy Bob Thornton. He goes, "Was that a pass you just made?" Could be. <laughs> he looks like a guy. You are way out of line, Mister. I'm sorry. Way out of line. He looks like the type of guy I would ask hoagie advice from. Like, where to get a really good hoagie. Sure. I thought you are saying you'd ask Hoagie Carmichael for advice about what to get John Polito for his birthday. I'd do that too, yeah. <laughs> Probably an ascot is what Hoagie Carmichael would say. Yeah, or a piano or a CD of Hoagie Carmichael songs. <laughs> Everyone loves him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's got uh, really sad. I did. Well, he's dead, so it made me sad. Um, anyway, so in order... Welcome but, home, Hoagie Carmichael. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just needed to say that. Be a very different <laughs> doesn't, movie. Doesn't mean anything. Not connected. So, uh, luckily, there's some tough guys in town, such as Detective Sergeant John O'Mara, Josh Brolin. Dete- he's a detective in the LAPD. Yep. And we are introduced to him as he saves a young girl from being forced into prostitution by a bunch of kind of rat faced, jo- like yeah, fratish yeah. bad guys. Uh, and he busts his way into this into this uh, into know, this frat party. Is into this, saying. he busts his way into one of Mickey Cohen's fuzz castles uh, in order to save this girl. Who's he doesn't been shut up in a Murphy bed, and now who is who is attacked and then shut into a Murphy bed. And Josh Brolin instantly uh, he tells us three things: one, he's a tough guy who's not afraid to take on Mickey Cohen, even though the rest of the cops are. Two, he wears a hat, yep. much like every other character in this movie, including at one point a dog, and. <laughs> Three, he's got a penchant for hurting people's hands. Yeah. <laughs> in that he's fighting two guys in an elevator, and he like sticks one guy's gun hand out the elevator side, yep. so that when they go to the next floor, his hand is, I assume, just swiped right off. <laughs> and possibly the high point of the film. Oh, not yeah, possibly. Yeah, I like the idea that standing with his hand out, it just chops his hand off like it's like a blade. <laughs> just shears right <laughs> off. Instead of like just knocking his hand or... The only way the scene could have been better is if he raised up his stump and two spurts <laughs> of blood came out. <laughs> anyway, so he that impresses his boss, Nick Nolte, who's the chief of police, who says, look, I know you have this like guerrilla warfare training from World War II. I want you to take on a new and form a new squad, not on the books, totally underground, Unofficial that and will I'm not going to pay you anything. <laughs> that will just strike back at Mickey Cohen's money making institutions and kill his guys and stuff like that. And that sounds uh, pretty legal, right? Uh, it's totally not. But they are the good guys. And so Josh Brolin goes home to his pregnant wife, who says, "I don't want you to do this." They but... made us believe that Mickey Cohen's a super bad guy, though. At this point, right? yeah, he is the he is the gangster of all gangsters. He even I mean, kills other him, gangsters. Yeah, we saw him kill a gangster and beat so up like a Dexter? punching bag, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a gangster who only goes after other gangsters. But we the movie opens with him uh, killing a guy by chaining his. By drawing and quartering with him with two cars, and basically. with and with a classic flophouse element with a voiceover, <laughs> it no, opens with a voiceover. That's true. He, he, Which, he pulls him apart between two cars, and, and then, then coyotes some, beast him. And then some wild animals <laughs> yeah. just come and eat him. And it, it's like, thanks, boss. <laughs> I, I wish they had lived in like talking sidekicks, like the eels in Little Mermaid, uh-huh, or like sure. scars. Uh, hyena sidekicks in The Lion King. Like, that would have been great. Or if there's a newspaper headline later on, like, coyote population starving. <laughs> no, coyote population on the rise. Fat coyotes seen in town. <laughs> it's worried they have a taste for human flesh. <laughs> Look, we got to get to the bottom of this fat coyote mystery. Sure. They're spreading their money around. Think about it. Not catching any of the roadrunners. Think about how much this... <laughs> they don't even care about roadrunners anymore. The roadrunner population is way too, is way too to big. Catch. Yeah. Here's okay. Here's well, the movie the I wanted it to be. The gangsters feeding the coyotes yeah, on, on gangsters. gangsters. Here's like what they I want. Their ability to gangster hunt, meat is delicious. Here's the movie I wish we had watched. It's yeah. called. Uh, it's called. Uh, it's called Animal Squad, and it's about a pest control guy who notices there's a lot of fat coyotes around, and the and the and the roadrunner population is not being kept in check. So the coyotes must be eating something else. Finds out they're eating gangsters, decides to take on Mickey Cohen because he's thrown off the natural order of coyotes going after Roadrunners. Sure. In the sequel, he's like, these mongooses are getting fat and lazy, and there's cobras everywhere. <laughs> exactly. Turns out a gangster is feeding things to mongoose. 
Anyway, it's called Animal Squad. $700,000. The story can be yours. <laughs> so uh, he puts, so overnight, his wife, who's a tough cookie herself, so decides, no, he's got to do it. And she helps him put together his squad. She says, don't go after the young, high achieving detectives because those are the guys Mickey Cohen's going to put on his payroll because they're bound to rise to the ranks. Go after the outcasts and the underdogs. Yeah, so, yeah we've had lovable losers. <laughs> this is a you movie know, that has some slobs to take on the snobby gangsters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the summer camp prank-off that is Gangster Squad. Prankster Squad. <laughs> Prankster Squad would have been much better. Like, they sneak into Mickey Cohen's house and replace all his clothes with smaller clothes so he thinks he's growing, and then they replace those with bigger clothes so he thinks he's shrinking. They take apart a car, put it together inside of his office. Well, how am I supposed to get this out of here? Prankster squad. Prankster squad. They, leave, they leave an old dead carp in his locker. <laughs> yeah, that's going to smell up the joint. They shrimp him. Oh, that's the worst. So up until this point, though, there's there's been a, this has been a pretty exciting opening there's, for a it's movie. It's been a pretty fast-moving movie with a lot of action, and ironically, hit the it starts to bog down when he puts the gangster squad together. So he hires... Uh, this. Oh, this is the best part of the movie. So one of them is a black policeman played by anthony mackie and anthony mackie is is introduced to us by we're in i guess the los angeles equivalent of a harlem you know jazz joint Mm -hmm. it's all it's a black hangout and there's a drug dealer who's about to do something and then suddenly a knife flies out of nowhere (laughs) and pins his hand to the wall and by which i mean a knife went right through his hand and anthony mackie steps out he's a master of the throwing blade i guess (laughs) and and he and suddenly he's like not going to have any of that in my part of town. Josh Brolin steps out of nowhere. <laughs> I want to offer you a place on the Gangster Squad. I like your moves. So was Josh Brolin just following him, waiting for him to prove himself, or was he hanging around that joint waiting for someone to hurt a hand? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I want you on the Hamster Squad. He just appears whenever justice is served. <laughs> so, yeah, so he's, like, he's like the, the Phantom Stranger or yeah, something? Yeah, for the past hour he'd been telling that drug dealer to keep making that motion with his hand. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, like, just keep doing it. Eventually I'll cover any medical da- uh, damage. <laughs> Look, I'll, you'll be on my insurance. I just need <laughs> sure. to find someone it's who like, will hurt your that hand. Works that way. I need someone who's going to throw a knife at your hand, hit it with a blow dart, <laughs> chop it off with an axe, hit it with a, like one of those bowling pin clubs people used to work out with back now because it's the past. Any of that stuff. Or maybe so, like a like a yo-yo that's a buzzsaw. <laughs> yep. Yep, that's... any. <laughs> Anyway, he tells him, let's strike at the source of the drugs. Mickey Cohen, they get a wiretapper uh, nerdy guy, played by Giovanni Rubisi, and they get... So wait, he couldn't play like the tough guy knife thrower? He had to be the nerd? No, he's the nerdy guy. That's too bad. With a mustache, and the character Dan liked the most. And the fa- and a family. A family. And he's a family. It for his boy. He's the only other member of the squad of the family. And <laughs> he's doing it for his boy's future. <laughs> well, they watch a rocket fly into the sky, but... Uh, they also get an old old West gunslinger played by T-1000 <laughs> himself, character. Robert Patrick, and he has a young uh, Mexican sidekick uh, who nobody likes on the regular force because they're racist, but Gangster Squad will take him in once he follows them and basically forces himself on them. Now, uh, Josh Brolin wants Ryan Gosling to join. Ryan Gosling plays the part of Jerry Wooters, yeah, a needs, name that a seems to have name. come out of a Nexus comic book, but... Uh, <laughs> but uh, from the planet Ilum, but uh, Jerry Wooters is a ladies' man who strikes up a relationship with Emma Stone, who is Mickey Cohen's girlfriend, and uh, a shoeshine boy. And and well, no, he doesn't have a relationship with the shoeshine boy. He's just friendly. I mean, with the they're friends. Boy. Like a relationship doesn't necessarily mean sexual. Yeah, and there's a shoeshine boy he runs past every time he goes to see Emma Stone at Slappy Maxie's, a real life <laughs> Sla- nightclub. Slapsies, Slapsy Maxie's. Sorry, Slapsy Maxie's. A real life nightclub, and he has a friend named Jack who keeps telling him, don't get involved with this girl. Mickey Cohen's going to kill you. Uh, but anyway, they have uh, the gangster squad decides to go <laughs> Slapsy on. Slapsy Maxie sounds like the type of bar that like Leela Cheney's band would play <laughs> in, uh, in an X-Men comic. Yeah, before, uh, like, uh, what were those characters that from Excalibur that Chris Claremont became obsessed with, like Gatecrashers or something like that? Technet? Yeah. There's some stupid group of characters that show up a lot. Anyway, whatever. X-Men comics, what are you going to do? Uh, so the uh, the gangster squad, which at this point I decided to name the Hat Headed Hand Herders, because <laughs> they all wear hats and they all hurt hands. They all wear head hats. They just they're head hats, not not like butt hats or foot hats, which would be bats or fats. Although there is a dog hat in the movie. Yeah, that's a dat, which stands for a dog head hat. <laughs> Uh, they yeah, just you don't put it on a dog's butt. That would be crazy. <laughs> and hilarious. <laughs> 
<laughs> that would be, I guess, only a John Waters movie would do something so tasteless. I mean, that's, that's comedies about subverting expectations. <laughs> yeah, it's like one, that's too subversive. You don't expect a dog to wear a hat unless it's no, like. Of course not. Where's he going to buy that hat? Exactly. Yeah, and you definitely don't expect him to wear it on his butt. That's yeah, where his poop comes from. Yeah, the salesman will explicitly explain <laughs> that's a head hat. The salesman who's fitting the dog for a hat. I think a hat salesman knows, though, that a hat is, as you said, a contraction for head hat. I hope it's like the first thing they teach them. Is just redundant at that. Point. No, no, but he would tell the customer that. Oh, okay. The customer would be yeah, like, maybe they're from another land. Yeah, where they don't wear <laughs> like Holland. <I> <laughs> well, because in Holland, hat means Holland accessory <laughs> towards <laughs> the sun, because it's the top of your head. Yeah. So, wait. <laughs> <laughs> it's the part it's of your body thing. that points towards the sun, but it's an accessory that goes on that in Holland. Okay. So the Holland word for hat, the Dutch word for hat is hat. It just yeah. stands for something different. Okay, doesn't mean anything to do with your head. Yeah. No, no. And uh, if it hats in Holland, of course, is Holland accessory towards the sun, suckers. It's weird that they use uh, <laughs> another country, another language's term for their, their nation yeah. than Holland. Yeah. <laughs> it's, look, it's weird, but that's what they do there in yeah. Holland. It makes sense. Yeah. Uh, that's and, and I mean, when... But they're weird, what with their... Windmills. Oh no, Dan is alienating wow. our fan base. Look, like you're talking about a, you're talking about a country that a country that you're talking about a country canals. that named itself sure. after the rock duo Holland Oats. So <laughs> they're a weird country. Yeah, the Dutch supergroup Holland Oats, or alternately, the Dutch brand of oats Holland Oats. <laughs> so Gangster Squad, the Gangster Squad decides to hold up uh, one of uh, Mickey Cohen's casinos in Burbank, but there are some cops at the casino. Thing, and uh, the gangster squad looks like criminals because they're they've got bandanas on. They're trying to rob the place. There's a shootout. They're shooting indiscriminately in the crowds. <laughs> yep. There's a shootout. And one guy's uh, got an axe. I don't know what's yeah. going on there. Brolin and uh, Mackie are ki- are taken in. They're thrown in jail. Uh, but luckily for them, but not so lucky for a certain shoeshine boy. It's at that point that Mickey Cohen's men kill John Polito and in the crossfire kill the shoeshine boy. Jerry Wooters, our old friend Ryan Gosling, sees yeah. the whole thing and decides now Ryan he'll Gosling's join the gangster like, no! squad. Oh, who will make my shoes shiny? <laughs> my shoes are so dirty. <laughs> They're not shining. And uh, he says to somebody, I assume, in his head, well, he's shining shoes in heaven now. <laughs> Even though you're in heaven, you shouldn't have to shine shoes anymore. Yeah. Did you, uh, well, there's a case system up there. <laughs> case system? Case? I don't know, man. It's a cast system. Cast. C- because yeah. everyone wears casts because their arms are broken <laughs> from all the shoes they've been shining. All right. Anyway, he decides. Yeah, fine, you can't he's shine jo- a cast. That's crazy. You sign the cast. He'll he'll. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's your public service announcement. Stuart Wellington saying, "Kids, sign it. Don't shine it." A message about casts brought to you by the American Cast Council. <laughs> uh, oh, the ACC. It, don't shine it. <laughs> <laughs> they spend all day coming up with catchphrases. What does the American Cast Council do? They just raise public awareness of how to treat someone who has Come a cast. Come up with new ways to itch underneath it. <laughs> yeah, that's part of it. How can we make this itchier and dirtier? How do we, how do we keep this less smelly? <laughs> Here Stick the... herbs in your cast. <laughs> <laughs> if you fill your cast with thyme and rosemary, sure. it won't smell so bad. Also, maybe don't break your leg next time. Insert a layer of moss to wick away the sweat. <laughs> And then once you get your cast off, you can make a delicious stew out of it. <laughs> Put maggots in to eat away the dead flesh. Uh, there is no dead flesh. I just broke my leg. Oh, get those maggots out of there. <laughs> just open the cast you and your leg want. is a skeleton. <laughs> Maybe they're piranhas. I don't know. Anyway, so jo- so Ryan Gosling decides, okay, I'm a gangster squatty now. <laughs> Puts on his hat, decides to hurt some hands. He goes to the jail and pretends to be Mickey Cohen's guy coming to pick up his targets. But uh-oh, the real guys show up. There's a shootout. Uh, and, and basically, just like the director, the guys at the jail let him do whatever he wants. Uh, yes, yeah. Ouch. Ryan Gosling is uh, seems to be in a different movie from everyone else. Everyone else is playing kind of like quick-talking 40s characters, and he is his regular kind of slow Things burn. move a little slower in Ryan Gosling's <laughs> movie. <laughs> yeah, Ryan Gosling, we like to take our time with line readings. <laughs> it's like, he, like uh, Schneider, or that's his name? Who's the guy who directed it? Uh, Fleischer. 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 I knew it was a Jewish name. <laughs> Fleischer was <laughs> directing everybody else, and then uh, Nicholas Winding Reifen was directing. Like, Ryan Gosling's like, I'm bringing in my guy. And Reifen's like, okay, just stare into the space yeah. for a little bit. 
Okay, now talk real slow. Uh, anyway, Water. he saves them, and they decide they put a bug in Mickey Cohen's house. And with that information, they like find a, like a firefly, no, like, a list, a... <laughs> like a listening device. <laughs> okay, no, it's not. <laughs> they put a DVD a box DVD box of Firefly <laughs> in his house, and he's so busy watching it because he yeah. and asking and demanding they renew it for another season. Sure, that uh, somebody do a Kickstarter that he shuts down his gambling organization. But they find that he has this big plan. He's put together this telegraph wire system. He's going to control all the gambling and and booking and bookie stuff in on the West Coast. And as Stuart said, we're watching it, they make it sound like he's a supervillain with like a super weapon that they need to stop it by a certain time or else he'll be unstoppable. Yeah, it'll be an unstoppable bookie operation. <laughs> yeah. Basically, Josh Brolin says that. Like, he does, After yeah. a certain point, like this bookmaking operation is going to be un- impossible to stop. It's amazing how you many times in the movie... enough times to kill it. How many times in the movie we predicted the lines they were going to say. There's one part where they're just in a police station and a guy walked in and I went, hey boys, and then he said that. <laughs> yeah. And later on, they're toasting the their success yeah. as the gangster squad and I was like, yeah, it's a gangster squad. And then Ryan Gosling says, to gangster squad. Because that's <laughs> But they they go on a, a rampage against Mickey Cohen's stuff, and yeah. the newspapers refer to them as the Gangster Squad. They think they're vigilantes of some kind. Um, and uh, I want to point out, uh, Nick Nolte tells them, uh, "Don't just don't just shoot Mickey Cohen. Like if you do that, other gangsters are just going to come in to fill the void. I want you to destroy his organization so that nobody can have it again." Which is, I guess. Uh, an expl- explanation that makes sense, but more so, it's just an explanation to keep the movie running longer. Yeah, because if they killed Mickey Cohen, the movie would be over. Yeah, uh, and they're not an assassination squad, Dan. They're a gangster squad. Oh, they sure shoot the fuck out of a bunch of people. Though they kill a lot of people. There's a couple different action sequences. They're not bad. Uh, there's a good car chase where uh, the bad guys are throwing I a bunch of potato mashers pretty, at them. You're being pretty charitable with the term "good." <laughs> it's not that good, but. I have to. The first yeah, as you said, all the action sequences make a lot of use of uh, digital video. Yeah, so they're very blurry. Which I, it's the same. If any, if you guys saw the movie Public Enemies, mm-hmm. which was another modern gangster movie, which I think might have all been shot on digital video, and it was super yeah. blurry. And like Captain America, the action sequences were very clearly DV and were really blurry. Like I don't know why they think digital video is not blurrier than film. Uh, you know. I mean, I feel like... And I could be getting this. Maybe it's all shot on DVD. Like it's just... Maybe just somebody's like smearing stuff on their glasses there for us. That could be it. That could be it. We spent a good amount of the movie talking about how good Raiders of the Lost Ark is. Yeah. Oh, boy. If you want to see good action, the good punch-em-ups. Yeah, anyway, so there's a lot of back and forth <laughs> with the gangsters. The, uh, the gangster squad, this secret underground organization that nobody can know about, spends a lot of time hanging out in their spare time together. They have a barbecue at Brolin's house mm-hmm. that the chief of police stops by. They're yeah. drinking together in bars, talking loudly about how they're the gangster squad. They get those gangster squad t-shirts that they wear yeah. around. Yeah, yeah. Where Nick Foley. Uh, Nick Foley. <laughs> yeah. uh, Nick, Nick yeah, Mick, They hire Mick Foley, Mankind, <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, I'm gangster squad, Mick Foley. Uh, Nick Nolte shows up and does his best uh, Mr. Toad impression. Yeah, because he's Nick. Nick Nolte seems to have uh, somehow cloned himself and then eaten that Nick Nolte, so he's got twice the Nick Nolte in him. Sure, yeah. he's a big guy. He's preparing for that. Uh, what the the like the old mentor role for the upcoming Battle Toads live action movie. <laughs> Please don't che- don't tease me with the idea of a live action Battle Toads movie. If it's not happening, I don't want to hear it. Uh, there's been such an advance in Frogman technology since Hell Comes to Frogtown. <laughs> Uh, they, but Mickey Cohen learns about what's that these guys are cops. He learns that there's a bug on him and by feeding them, <laughs> what? He goes, ah, ah, <laughs> uh, get, get, get away, get away. Uh, uh. Is it biting me? It's a piece of lint, sir. First it's, off. It's I, Mickey Cohen's one weakness, a bug. <laughs> a would, bug. This one particular <laughs> bug. Yeah. He would say it a lot more like Big Boy Caprice yeah. than what you guys are doing. Nick, Sean Penn seems to think that he's playing Al Pacino in Dick Tracy, which is nuts. It's which like, is nuts, but also not that far from what this movie is. This movie, it's one of these movies that is a little too over the top to be taken seriously, but it's not over the top enough to be really fun. So like, if they were going to go the Sean Penn route and just have everyone be over the top bonkers with makeup on their face, that would be fun. Or if they dialed it back and made it more like L.A. Confidential... That would be fun, but instead it's in this weird limbo where you can't take it seriously because Sean Penn has yeah, like yeah. a has a child's you know idea of makeup on his head, <laughs> and you can't take it. But it's not goofy enough because the movie acts like we're supposed to give a shit about these characters, you know. 
Yeah, it's caught in the limbo between L.A. Confidential and Dick Tracy. Yeah, yeah, it's like an unbaptized baby. It's just caught in limbo <laughs> after like it dies. Dick Confidential, right? <laughs> well, I was going to say L.A. Tracy, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> L.A. Tracy sounds great. Sounds too. like Dan has his magazine title, <laughs> Dick Confidential. True shh stories about penises. <laughs> the, Dear, detec- we- the detective pulled his pants down. <laughs> 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 Here's the badge I need. The magazine's like, can we keep this between you and me? And then shows you a picture of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bunch of scenes in the movie where they you show people they show people holding copies of True Detective magazine. It just made me wish I was watching that. Yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is, movie, if you're gonna be bad, don't put in a reference to a TV show that comes out a year after the movie does. Yeah. Anyway. So they get bad Mickey Cohen feeds them false information that there's gonna be a big drug. Uh, operation in Chinatown. The gangster squad goes there, but it's totally <laughs> a go, trap. Gangster squad, assemble. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, they, gangster squad, assemble. Brolin, Mexican guy, old gunslinger, Wooters. <laughs> but uh, they go, and it's a trap, and uh, Mickey Cohen's bodyguard, the real-life Johnny Stompanato, and Mickey Cohen's a real-life person, too. This is also one of those movies that's Kind of loosely enough based on facts that they use people's real names, but then all the heroes are made-up characters, you know. Uh, you mean Stabby Guy didn't exist? Which one was Stabby Guy? You know, yeah, the guy who... Yeah, oh, and who, Mackie? No. Yeah, if that movie had been made 20 years ago, it'd be Lou Diamond Phillips. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. And uh, Ryan Gosling part would have been played by child Ryan Gosling <laughs> as kid detective. Uh, so it's a trap, they blow up a truck... Nobody gets hurt, but at the same time, they go over to. They find out where Giovanni Giovanni Ribisi is listening in on Mickey Cohen's talking, and he gets strangled. And there's a part where uh, Mickey Cohen is talking directly into the microphone, going, talking about how a cop eavesdropped on him, and then suddenly the guy shows up and strangles Giovanni Ribisi. They you had want, to have planned that shit, dude. Did he say like? I'm going to give a monologue. Wait till I ta- say the part about eavesdropping It's going to be great. He's going to be on the edge of his seat. I want to have that moment where he goes like, wait, is that me? And then you kill him. And the one thing I liked about that <laughs> scene was there's an open furnace behind the bad guy. And he's st- while he's choking Giovanni Ribisi, he's stepping backwards. His coat catches on fire. And instead of him being like, what? Ah, ah. And that saving Ribisi, he finishes strangling him and then calmly <laughs> takes off his coat and stomps it out and then leaves. And it's like, this is a tough dude. He is not phased by being on fire. I, I keep, this uh, is the character the movie should be about. <laughs> not, fear, not afraid of fire, gangster guy. Now I'm imagining- That's the title, by the way. <laughs> Oh, I don't know if that's going to sell it. Not Afraid of Fire Gangster Guy, rated R. Now I'm imagining a, like a, comedy, uh, a comedy version of that scene. Fireproof. Where, where uh, like, Sean <laughs> what, Penn... slips on a banana peel? Well, no, Sean Penn, like, gives, like, the cue, like, like uh, policeman listening in on me, but... But tough guy is like being distracted by like there's a there's like a a, a skunk right next to him. He's like, you can't move, you can't move. The skunk's gonna spray me. I'm gonna smell all and bad. Sean Penn keeps going. The cop <laughs> who is listening in on me and Giovanni Ribisi is like, is he is he talking about the me? cop who bugged me and was listening on me at the time? Who's I'm getting going this all to be down. Strangled in a moment. <laughs> what are the odds that another cop was eavesdropping on him at some point? Too, too bad for that guy who was strangled. Yeah, it's too bad you weren't involved in the making of the movie Mafia with uh... <laughs> Jane Austen's Mafia, <laughs> yeah. starring Jay Moore and Christina Applegate. Yeah. That movie has one joke in it I really like a lot, which is that Christina Applegate leaves for a long time, and then she comes back, and Jay Moore goes, "You never even visited our son." And Christina Applegate goes, "We have a son." <laughs> Somehow didn't know she gave birth to a child. Also, there's a part where I think it's Jay Moore's mistress is throwing vases at him and because she's so mad and she picks up a dog and throws it and it shatters against the wall <laughs> so there's two good jokes in that okay. now the scene where lloyd bridges is being shot and the bullets shake his body so that he does the macarena is not a good joke <laughs> and if you're wondering why i remember jane austen's mafia a movie i saw once in the theaters when it came out almost 20 years ago this well i have no idea that's how my brain works it works stupidly <laughs> I did. did you lose a bet? No, I loved, but I loved like spoof parody Abrams Zucker. Sure, style and movies. you had to take a girl on a date to a movie. I mean, what are you going to do? Just take her to Fazoli's? And yeah, give come her on. What are we just going to go to Makeout Hill for the sub races? I don't think so. <laughs> no, you got to give her some laughs first so yeah. you can uh, warm her up. I thought I would scare her with laughter, and then she'd <laughs> cuddle close to me. <laughs> she was afraid of laughter. <laughs> Weird girl. Anyway, so the uh, but uh. 
Uh, what was I talking about? I don't know. Anyway, I'm, I'm lucky that those like Meet the Spartans date movie type movies oh, came out at, when I was old enough to recognize shitty movies. Because so, if those had come out when I was 14, I'd be like, this is a comedy. I have to see it. You know? Yeah. Unlike, I don't know, Ski Patrol, which I thought was the funniest movie <laughs> in the entire world. And I was wondering why I only saw it on video and not in the movie theater. I mean, it already come out, right? Yeah, I mean, probably, but I can't imagine Fort Wayne, Indiana, the theater showed fucking Ski Patrol. I mean, they probably showed that before they showed, like, I don't know, uh, Kiss of the Spider Woman. Uh, no, I'm, I totally remember my parents going to see Kiss of the Spider Woman one time. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. And, I and think, then coming back going, needed more kissing. I know. Uh, yeah, I was staying at a, I had a babysitter that night, and I was like, I wonder what this movie's about. <laughs> end of half woman, half spider. That's what I'm Who I was kills hoping. you with kisses. It sounded great until. It's like I have a, I have a memory of my parents, me getting a babysitter, so my parents could go see crimes and misdemeanors, and I only knew the character misdemeanor from the show Cops, the, the cartoon. So I was like, this sounds like a movie I should see. Come on, it's got this character misdemeanor from a show I watch. But no, it was a Woody Allen tale about morality. I also Damn. saw movies when I was a child. Uh, well, I remember about, a time my parents. This is went about to, you getting a babysitter while your parents saw a movie. My parents, uh, my parents went to a movie one time, and after the movie, uh, my mother brought up the idea that they that my parents had to decide which movie they were going to see, whether they were going to see the movie with like the beautiful woman for my dad or the movie with the hot guy for my mom. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure the movie with the girl was Die Hard or <laughs> for my dad, which was kind of weird. I guess that's like a, you know, his wife. And I think the movie for my mom was a movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> that was the hunky guy? Yeah, I guess Arnold was the hunky guy for my mom. So was it like Hercules in New York? It's As I've gotten older, that's kind of rocked. That's kind of shaken my faith in both my mom and my dad. <laughs> Uh, this reminded me of the time my dad organized a bunch of his friends to go see Godfather 3 because he was so excited about it and just came home destroyed. <laughs> he was so disappointed. Anyway, Gangster Squad, right? So uh, the friend, uh, so Emma Stone decides she's going to leave Mickey Cohen. Now she realizes he's a violent gangster. Yeah, he's having a fit. He's breaking shit. Uh, Ryan Gosling's friend takes her in, but Mickey Cohen tracks them down. Ryan Gosling's friend bravely defends her, and he is murdered. And Emma Stone sees the whole thing. She tells Ryan Gosling, you know what? I will testify as a witness that Mickey Cohen killed this guy. They get a warrant. The gangster squad, after being fired, is back on the job. They go to the Park Plaza Hotel where Mickey Cohen has holed up with his men. And everyone's like, it's a fortress. You're never going to get in. But Mickey Cohen has like eight guys. They're killed almost instantly by the gangster (laughs) squad. Uh, There's a shootout. There's some more shooting. It's really anticlimactic. And then Mickey Cohen tries to escape in his car, crashes into a fountain. Basically, it's a fortress. But all the bad... Bad guys get out of the fortress so you can shoot them. Yeah, yeah, the bad guys do a lot of standing out in the open and firing over the bad over the good guys' heads while yeah, the good guys if, kill them. If you're going to be carrying a Tommy gun, you want to just fucking spray that shit all over the place. But spray it like at the level of the thing you're trying to hit. You can't just fire wildly. You want to like make them duck their heads by spraying like, right I'm over. I'm spraying it. so many bullets. The odds are mathematically that one <laughs> of them will hit the guy that I'm looking for. I'm trying to do a really sweet ricochet kill. <laughs> yeah, I want to get the bank shot points. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, there's a bunch of shooting, and Mickey Cohen tries to escape. He doesn't. Josh Brolin throws his gun away, and they have a fist fight. And at some point, he gets the upper hand, but we weren't really paying attention. We were talking about Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mickey Cohen gets beat up and humiliated in front of this spontaneously assembling crowd of ca- uh, cops and gangsters, who I guess were probably drawn to the area after the reports of an enormous gunfight that killed several people. Uh, Robert Patrick, the old gunfighter, gets shot and dies, unfortunately. And uh, wait, he died. They didn't show him. They don't show him dying, but you assume that he's dead. Really? (laughs) I mean, you never see him again. (laughs) Show me the body. Yeah, I want to see fucking grave dirt being thrown over a fucking pine box. And then bring me his mustache. And then lightning hits the gravestone, and his fist comes out, clutching a gun. That sounds awesome. Okay. Uh, Which is the way that League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the movie, should have ended. But anyway, besides the point, Uh, they Mickey Cohen goes to jail. And everybody's happy, except the people who died. Uh, Emma Stone and uh, Ryan Gosling are still together. Josh mm-hmm. Brolin. And they've quits. adopted their fuck, uh, adopted Mickey Cohen's dog. Yeah, and yeah. put a hat on it. And, and they're immortal now. They live forever. Uh, and they, you don't, yeah. they never grow crazy, old. stupid love. Yeah, it's the same, same characters. Same characters. That's cute. I guess they forgot about each other, like fucking C-3PO. Yeah, well, it's yeah, it's like, like they, they got Wolverine. Yeah. Memory wipe? Or whatever. 
<laughs> forget about it. The immortals forget about each oh, other. Oh, yeah, that was really stupid. <laughs> and uh, Josh Brolin quits the force to spend more time with his wife and his baby and tosses his badge into the ocean. Tosses his baby. Because yeah. why would you want to keep it? That's a your... big baby, dude. That will clog <laughs> that, the ocean. There's a, there's clog a... the ocean. <laughs> Is there a drain? We've got to get this baby out. The currents the won't move. Is that why there's so much water in the ocean? Is the drain got clogged? The drain got clogged by a baby. By some fat baby. There's a scene Why where, is there so much water in this ocean? When the gangsters learn of the gangster squad's identities, they shoot up uh, Josh Brolin's house, and his pregnant wife in, in the night gives birth to the baby, and he finds her in the bathtub, bloody from the delivering the baby. And this baby is huge. Yeah, this that's is, why she's so bloody, dude. It is a huge... It's like she gave birth to a, a little man. <laughs> and the baby's a girl, because she's wearing a dress later. Brolin's like a big ox of a guy. I mean, you know. Oh, you're saying that... It he, works that you're way. saying he came to her in the form of an ox like <laughs> Zeus and Europa. Yeah. Oh, boy. Anyway, um, so Gangster Squad ends... Do you think Europa was like... Why couldn't he have come in a like a form of a golden shower or as a swan? Yeah, one of the easier. Why do you have to shower? be a fucking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh. <laughs> a nice, relaxing shower that leaves you impregnated by the gods. And it's gold. It's worth a ton of money. All it's right. super classy, like champagne and balloons. Yeah, there's just molten gold raining down <laughs> on you from the sky. It hurts a lot. Uh, congealing into dinosaur poop, like in uh, like in was it stolen? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Gold turns into dinosaur poop in that movie we watched one time. <laughs> yep. Uh, so that's Gangster Squad. It ends on a happy note, and uh, L.A. is free <laughs> for the from characters. L.A. <laughs> is free from crime forever. Yeah. And uh, good thing that the L.A. Police Department was never corrupt again. Never ever. Jeez, uh, I I I feel like Gangster this movie Squad. had a lot of plot without much happening. So and, I, uh, I mean, the movie looked okay. It, the Except production the design in the movie was really good. Like it was a good the the costumes were good, the sets were good, the cars were good. Everyone looked good except for Sean Penn because he looked like he did his own makeup out of silly putty in front of a mirror like an old British thespian. <laughs> but but the uh, but there was just like for a movie that should have had a really intricate plot. Like we should there should have been twists and turns. We should have gotten to know the like how Mickey Cohen's empire operated or. It should have been like a dumb, like just shoot them up, but at least the scenes are connected to one another in a way. It was neither of those, you know. It wanted to be two different types of movies. It wanted to be a stupid action movie and some kind of historical drama. And yeah. it fails pretty much on both counts. Yeah, let's just, I mean, like, we should do final judgments, whether this is a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, or a movie you kind of like. I'm going to say, like, I've, uh, I've I've talked less than normal this podcast. Part of that's just yeah. Are you okay? I'm, you seem like you took a lot of codeine. Before I'm the very wrong, tired. Dude. I'm exhausted today. But also, there's just not. I don't have a lot of strong feelings about this movie. Like it, this is a real bland movie in a lot of ways. I've, I liked a lot of the action sequences. If the action, if the whole movie was amped up, like some of those action. The whole movie were, involved a car driving around throwing grenades out the back of it. Mm-hmm. And people's hands being cut off by elevators. <laughs> yeah, well, those are the good parts. Then, <laughs> yeah, but otherwise, I think this was a bad, bad movie. Stu? Now, Dan, oh, wait, wait uh, let's do Final Judgments, then that's yeah. what I want to ask you about. I'm going to say, I'm going to say it's a bad, bad movie, but it was there's moments where it's close enough to a good bad movie that you might enjoy it if that's what you're looking for. I would say it's a good bad movie. It's not good bad in that like let's watch it and have a lot of fun making fun have of it. A bunch but of like yucks, yeah. if it was on TV on like a Sunday afternoon and you had nothing to do and you watched it, you'd be like, "All right, that was Gangster mm-hmm. Squad." Like you would two hours closer to death now. <laughs> yeah, you, there are better things to watch. Like go watch Raiders of the Lost Ark, but the but if it's or it, listen to a couple of great podcasts, who knows? Yeah, but like if you're on a plane. You don't want to, You saw the other movies. You don't have a book with you. You know what? Watch Gangster Squad. Yeah, they're, they're showing an old movie on a plane for some reason nowadays. What were we gonna ask? And they me do. Some, like, they do show movies from within the past couple of years. Well, oh, now uh, you can watch classics, depending on what uh, oh, wow. airline. Yeah, classics <laughs> like Gangster Squad. So Dan, you you uh, don't like it in movies when people get hurt in the knee because of yeah. your knee injury. Do you think it's insensitive that you're like, yeah, more hand injuries, please? <laughs> when there's probably some poor dude who broke tore his hand ACL, and now he's really hurt, and he and he doesn't like it when people get their hands hurt in movies. Well, Are you a handocrit? No, no. I mean, like, uh, you know, uh, scholars of flophouse mythology know that I have hooks for hands, <laughs> and so sure. I I just want more people to join me in my brotherhood of hooking around. 
Hooking so around. The happy to... hooker, they call me. <laughs> no, uh, I don't. <laughs> Frankenhooker. <laughs> you know, after you're dead and you get reanimated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's By yeah. bolt of lightning, you're, on, you're in a grave. You stick a gun out. Yeah. Yeah, you're a real Hollywood chainsaw hooker. <laughs> I'm a real. You want to encourage people. You're a real hook. You want a movie en- starring Dustin Hoffman about hookers. <laughs> <laughs> You make it sound like it's a command in the, in the title. <laughs> Hook. Hook. You work on the streets, Dustin Hoffman, but I'm an Academy Award-winning actor in my 70s. Now you work for me. I'm turning you out. Your so name. You wanna, you your wanna, name's. Your name's. Wear the Tootsie outfit. Your name's Sharice Starlight. Put on the put on the Tootsie dress. Get out to Hollywood Boulevard. So you want to encourage our listeners to lose their hands in some kind of horrible accident? Yeah. Yep. You can quote me on that. Sure. Like, so if they see a fan and they're fighting that urge to stick their hand in that just fan. Just stick it in because yeah, Dan wants you to have it. a hook for a hand. Feel the rhythm of the night. Um, so <laughs> let's just move on to letters while we still have time. Sure. Uh, this one, this first one's titled USO Tour. First letter. Oh, it's the geez. first letter. Not the worst letter. It's the best I mean, we still letter. Have time. I think it's we okay. don't know yet. We haven't read the letters. Could go either way. So what do you say? Okay, Let's start that it, first letter today. No further ado. This letter's for uh-huh. you. First letter of the night. Watch out, doesn't bite. It's the first letter, so let's get it started. It's the first letter. Oh, open-hearted. First letter for Stuart and Dan and is he me. Just warming up or this warming is the first down. letter. Don't you see? It's the first letter of the night for us. So let's it's get going chattier. with the first letter tonight. All right. So And here it comes, <laughs> that first letter here. Oh. Dan's going to read it right into your he, ear. He's your boss the first now. letter started, really and you can't stop me from singing <laughs> about it. Singing out loud. It's the first letter for tonight. sung in a meeting at work. And one of the fellow writers looks over to me, who listens to the podcast, looks over at me and says, can you do something about this? Uh, isn't that your... I'm they like, haven't I, listened to the podcast. <laughs> not one, even on the podcast. Can I can't you do it on me? the podcast. Number two, this is not my jurisdiction. My songs are like sure. a runaway train. <laughs> Unstoppable. Yeah. So... Uh, Soul Asylum. <laughs> again, again, you wouldn't remember this because there was a lengthy letter in between. Here's this, a reminder no. of the subject for the first the letter. The subject was USO tour. The subject was Roses. <laughs> oh, know, USO tour. That's probably about uh, dear you or me. Flophouse podcast. While I was <laughs> <Yeah>. looking, <laughs> while I was looking at the Facebook photos of the Daily Show USO tour, my daughter wandered by. Upon seeing the photo of Elliot in a protective suit being attacked by a dog, she asked, "Why is that dog attacking her?" Oh, come on! I corrected her, <laughs> saying, "That's a guy." To which she replied, "Oh well, my mistake." Oh, okay. My question to you is. <laughs> Was getting attacked by dogs the most macho masculine thing you've ever done? And if not, what would you say was the most macho thing you've ever done? Keep up the good work, and sorry for the nine-year-old girl emasculation. Maybe uh, that's Eric, okay. I spent your a wife. lot of my youth being mistaken by strangers for a girl, which made no sense because I didn't look like a girl. It's your high cheekbones. Well, I mean, I have a certain feminine sensuality that I think mm-hmm. came out when I was a child. So I can sense that you have a, a girl twin. Yeah, that could be, and it rubbed off on me. Yeah. yeah. So I might have a, a double X chromosome floating around in me somehow yep. that I picked up in the womb. Well, uh, in middle school, one of my mother's work colleagues came up to her and suggested that I might have uh, some kind of learning disability <laughs> <laughs> just from the way that I was acting. So yeah. I, I feel your pain, Elliot, Thank for being you. Mis- mistaken for things. Yeah, it sucks. Dan, of course, everyone always knew what he was, just a dude, just uh-huh. some guy. Just palling around. With terrorists. Now, okay. are they asking me what the most masculine thing I've done is? Yeah. I think it was if not it wasn't that. not being attacked by a dog, but at a different point in that trip, firing a truck-mounted fifty caliber uh, weapon, I think, was probably the, the yeah, most masculine thing. Yeah, you stopped thing. an army of bad guys, right? Mm-hmm. No, I just fired into a big one. pile of sand. <laughs> uh, and I did, unfortunately, because they don't do this anymore, I didn't Spilled get to fire tremors. it kill from Nazis. the top of the truck. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get to kill any Nazis, because they stopped doing that in, like, 1945. What's the deal? Yeah. Uh, they don't let you. They don't fire them from the top of the truck anymore because that leaves you too exposed. They have a joystick within the truck that fires it. But that was probably it. Oh, every so you time got you, to hide inside a truck and play with the joystick. Yeah, but every time Sounds you fire it, the truck shakes. Okay, then it was when I shot one of the other types of guns I shot over there. That was when that was the trip where they said, 
Okay, these guns, I think it was the, it was the, either the M4 or the SCAR, which are two different types of weapons they have there. They both sound cool. They said, there's three settings, there's single shot, then there's semi-automatic, which is a three-shot burst, then there's automatic, which is an illegal setting in the States. You can only have that in Warzone. So you can set it to whatever you want, and all of us were like, automatic. Of course, that's what we want it to be set to. The one we can't do at home. And let me tell you, uh, a lot of, really hard to hold on to a gun that is in automatic mode, and I was so worried I would lose control and kill everybody and that I came with. bouncing around, killing all the bad guys. But there were no bad guys there. It was, it. It, was, it was all good people, so. Um, yeah, well, I was, I was, I've met some of the people you went to with. <laughs> I was worried it would be like a fire hose in a cartoon, and I would just lose control of it and fly yep. into the air. Then you'd put out the fire um, through it, accidental gun bursts. <laughs> Yeah, you'd shoot the fire. <laughs> no, we'd like shoot a fucking avalanche or something, and then snow would put out the fire. <laughs> you know, Who knows? It was a real Dyatlov pass <laughs> that, you know, that we were in. Okay, so this next letter uh, goes thusly. Hey, guys, I'm a big fan and first-time letter writer. I love you guys. You're all equally my favorite. Whisper to Elliot. You're really my favorite. Thank you. I recently moved. You should be made the boss of the flophouse. Oh, I'm already oh, Dan's boy. boss in one area. I don't need to be it in two. Dan, keep reading the letter. You're fired. <laughs> I recently moved and collected many boxes from my parents' attic. Inside, I found two mini boxes, many, like the boxes that like individual like cereal bowls, many boxes, <laughs> oh, like the He-Man character, okay. from my parents' attic. Inside, I found two, yes, two copies of the original, more scary stories to tell in the dark. I know you all were traumatized by this book as kids, as was I, and I think the better for it. It will certainly help with my new job as priest in charge of a small parish in Long Island. <laughs> my new job as scarer in chief. <laughs> sure. Well, as a local crazy man. <laughs> driven insane by finding those books in an attic. <laughs> oh, no, but a, a priest in Long Island? A priest in Long Island. Well, maybe it won't, but I can stay up late at night under the sheets of the flashlight and scare myself. Anyway, my point... I'm willing to part with one copy of this masterpiece if any of you gents would like it, or perhaps another ill-defined contest would be in order, whatever you like. Or, or if you would like it, please send me an address. I promise not to stalk you. Keep on flopping. The Reverend Lauren, last name withheld. And I read this to say, please do not send this book to me. Because it's going to frighten it, you? Bury it in the yard. <laughs> Put bury it in the yard, and maybe an evil baby will grow out of that book. <laughs> yeah, a real uh, a evil Timothy Green. A scarecrow will come out. Sure, a horrible pumpkin head. Yeah. If we can make horror children out of horror books, <laughs> then maybe we can make a pencil out of children. <laughs> That's the scary life of Timothy Green. Uh, I think what you need to—it's clear what you need to do with that book, which is give it to a child so they can be traumatized by yeah. it and grow up into a cool adult. Yeah, maybe become an illustrator themselves. Yeah. All right. You know, Done. buying magazines, cutting the eyes out of all the faces. Sure. Pasting them up in—I don't know. You might call it a dungeon. You might call it <laughs> who knows a basement. Maybe a dungeon full of evidence. Let's sure, say. Sure. Who knows. Uh, this next letter is titled, Allie Larder is Obsessed. Dear Floppers, after hearing you discuss Obsessed, that was I was a curious, long time ago. Yeah. I was curious what Allie Larder's underwear in the car scene actually looked like. We, we, we discussed she had some mismatched lingerie. I honestly don't even remember. Maybe, I think she was wearing like water wings and like a, a tutu and maybe like a, an old fashioned strongman's leopard skin leotard. Just everyone out there, Google Allie Larder lingerie and do it at work. Okay. Um, but she, she, she headed to Google. When I clicked on one of the pictures, I was surprised to find out it was from an article on a style website that gave an in-depth backstory to the Ahem outfit. Oh. Here are some of the highlights. Um, this is from the article. In one of the movie's hotter scenes, bitchy title. Larder's Lisa Sheridan surprises the object of her desire, played by Idris Elba, with the old nothing-but-silk-and-lace-under-the-coat trick note. I love how they describe this as an old trick, a la the popcorn trick mentioned in an earlier podcast. <laughs> it's probably what they were thinking when they said that. Yeah. yeah. Lieberman says Larder came up with the idea for Joe the- Lieberman, the former senator? <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, they came up with the idea. Yeah. Came, Lieberman is, says. <laughs> Lieberman says Larder came up with the idea for the vintage inspired ensemble herself. The lingerie was 100% Allie's idea, Lieberman said. She wanted to avoid anything stripper inspired. Because she felt strongly that her character would pick something high fashion and sophisticated. <laughs> I no, I really love that Allie Larder was worried about her, whether her psycho stalker, stalker character might be seen as too slutty. <laughs> Lieberman used two pieces from two different sets and dyed them to match. 
I also love that the floppers' fine eyes for lingerie were 100% accurate in noticing that the underwear and bra were not a match set, despite a costume designer's best attempts to fool them. I don't want to get into the details of why, but we have, an, we have experience looking at ladies in lingerie. <laughs> the final look, classy, sexy, and surprisingly demure. A nice change, no doubt, for an actress who first made headlines wearing nothing but a whipped cream bikini in 1999's Varsity Blues. She made headlines? headlines? <laughs> was, that on the, was that on the cover of the Times? And we got to put out an extradition. Actress wears... Extradition. Extra, extra, read all about it. Actress wears whipped cream on boobs. Here, give me that paper, kid. Lord Lather's boobs. Holy jeez, it's just like he says, shine boy. Take a look at this. Oh no, I'm shot to death. Awooga, awooga. Buddy, you going to get in the cab or not? Hold your horses, hold your horses. Where's the fire, buddy? Check out this paper. <laughs> then uh, FDR gets on the radio. My fellow Americans, we've all seen the headlines. Allie Larder has whipped cream on her boobs. <laughs> I have declared a state of emergency. All men are to turn in their erections right now. <laughs> We're assembling a crack team to lick the whipped cream off. Um, she says, they did it, you guys. The psychotic stalker looked classy, sexy, and demure. And Idris Elba did not react like he smelled something bad at all. <laughs> All the all the best, Anne Marie. Last name withheld. So that was a that was a pretty exciting piece of trivia. Thanks nice for reminding th- us of a thing we saw. Yeah, it was an old blast from the flop past on this podcast. Uh, and now for the, the last is, letter, if, I assume. Yeah, if we weren't fooled letter. by that lingerie. A ladies' man like Idris Elba. Uh-huh. That guy's not going to be fooled. No, come on. He'd, he'd be like, no, thank you. I'll just play my tiny accordion. That's why, that's why he went back to Beyonce. You know. Like it makes no, this no makes this no sense right. why you would ever consider leaving Beyonce for Ali Larder. Um, it don't even if you're gonna have like if you're gonna if you're gonna have him plausibly uh, tempted away from his wife, don't cast one of the most beautiful women in the world. Like, come maybe on, he's too intimidated by her. That's he's afraid to approach his wife because he's afraid of rejection. Exactly. <laughs> so. Keeping... My husband's never even talked to me because they're too intimidated by my beauty and my success. Uh, keeping with the theme, our final letter uh, is titled Good Bad Boobs, Bad Bad Boobs, or Boobs You Kind of Like. Okay, it's this from... episode took a turn. <laughs> it's real minefield. It's from Trisha, last name withheld. Oh, so it's cool because it's a girl, right? Hey, OP. Could be a man named Trisha. What's flopping? Yeah, I guess you're right. I think it's a girl, though. I was hoping the subject line would get the attention of the number one pervizoid, who, rest assured, Dan, is my favorite flopper simply because he has the same last name as my boyfriend, Chris, last name withheld. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I just had two questions for you. How can I put the clues together? <laughs> so first off, she said she's uh, that Dan's her favorite flopper, Look, and I she has a boyfriend, with... so her butt is on limits. <laughs> <laughs> I read one that complimented Elliot. Come on. Uh, I was wondering if any of you had seen Nailgun Massacre. It's a bad, bad movie that both of my parents are actually in. Hmm. And growing up, I thought I was the only person that had ever seen it. And other classics they produced, such as Reanimator Academy and Irving Peaks. Until years ago when I was in college and saw Nailgun Massacre on video store shelves. And then the Alamo Draft House featured it as one of their Terror Tuesday films. So just sing if you knew it. If you don't, seriously, don't bother. Uh, I was aware that there was a movie with that title. I don't believe I've seen it. Stuart? I haven't seen it. I'm not familiar with it. Uh, but congratulations on having Nailgun Massacre parents. And stumping us. Yeah. But number two, boobs. As a representative, yeah, that's usually how many there are. <laughs> as a representative <laughs> of the petite ladies with little boobs Rotary Club, seems like a weird club. I was wondering if you guys really are grossed out by skinny chicks with less to offer in the bosoms department. You praise Hots, the great bikini off-road adventure, and the like, while eschewing such ladies as Allie Larder for their slight frames and less than blossoming bosoms. So come on, do smaller Is boobs this an really Allie get? Allie Larder themed mailbag. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's called <clears throat> producing a show. Well. <laughs> I don't know anything about that. Do smaller boobs really get zero wormy boners? Love the Flophouse, regardless of your stance on Bazoombas. Keep it up, dudes. Trisha, last name withheld. Now, look, we all, we, we all, all men have their Stewart. types. All men have their types, but that doesn't mean we're blind to other forms of female beauty. Right, no. Stuart? Wait, what? It just I, think yes. it, I think Stuart sure. might be blind to <laughs> okay. non-giant boob female beauty. Uh, I have always been a, a proponent. giant boob is is a like, bit of an exaggeration. Okay, I have always been a pro- proponent that what is attractive is a a a, a proportional body, whatever. Yeah, the yeah, size yeah like that even if that Greek. proportional body is a female gremlin body, Dan is up for it. <laughs> Dan is totally into it if the ears are gremlin proportioned to the rest mm-hmm. of the body. <laughs> 
No, no, I, uh, I'm quite fond of uh, the smaller breasts as well as the larger breasts. This is making me so uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, we were asked directly. <laughs> we were, but you chose the letter. <laughs> I would trust I, me. We get a lot of boring letters. Look, so. let's just say when it comes to the floppers, we're all gentlemen, and it's the full package, both physical, mental, and spiritual, that attracts uh-huh. us to a woman. <laughs> Except in Dan's case, it's often a wife's butt, and in Stuart's case, it's boobs <laughs> and beer. If she brings beer and a pizza and holds them next to the boobs, <laughs> we, we all have uh, very successful long-term relationships. Let's let's point this out. We're not uh, we're not monsters. No, we're not monsters. But, Except uh, for Stuart, who's a werewolf. <laughs> yep, <laughs> I was I was bitten by a magical gypsy who gave me lycanthropy. <laughs> 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 Do you like how I said lycanthropy weird? <laughs> yeah, I did. But it was we were so distracted by it that it was a gypsy that bit you. That made so you the a gypsy put a curse on his magical bite. He <laughs> Wait, gave it was me. a dude gypsy. He smeared. <laughs> yeah. So we were wrestling around. I thought we were just playing. And he took a big bite out of just my a leg. Friend of yours? And then he smeared wolfsbane in the bite. And that made me a werewolf. Yeah, okay. It's not really how it works. I mean, I, I knew him for a couple of hours. We were having drinks. I met him at this bar. And then we started wrestling. I met him at this bar, Wolfies. <laughs> yep. Uh, so uh, rest assured and do not be afraid. All of us would yeah. find you attractive. Yeah. Well, we just don't want to, you know, let's not contribute to any body dysmorphia out there. Yeah. Everyone's beautiful. Okay, so something positive came out of this experience. Yeah, yeah that was nice, yeah. Dan, that you're, you're the most inspiring pervasoid there is. <laughs> um, so, but to move on. Suffice to say, what, however you look, Dan, you're, as long as we'll you're find a age. way to objectify you as a sexual object. Boy, howdy, will I. <laughs> Anyway, um, so letters are over. So uh, next, somebody up. shut up the mailbag, throw that shit in the ocean <laughs> next to my badge and that big baby. <laughs> um, so lastly, on this podcast, we uh, make recommendations of movies that we've seen, usually recently, that uh, we liked better than, say, Gangster Squad movies. We think you should actually watch. Elliot, what do you have to? Plug. I haven't seen anything lately that I. Someone else. I haven't seen who made the movie. I haven't seen anything lately that I really loved, but I decided, hey, Gangster Squad, you know what that's about? Gangsters. Mm -hmm. So I'll recommend two gangster movies that I like a lot. I'll recommend a kind of classic '30s gangster movie and a later, you know, more modern gangster movie. So I'm going to recommend one, The Roaring Twenties, starring James Cagney and Humphrey Bogart, uh, which is kind of a classic late '30s throwback to early 30s gangster movies telling the story of one main gangster and a couple others through the roaring 20s and their rise and fall. Is that a Raoul Walsh movie? Uh, it is a Raoul Walsh I think, movie, yes. I think they're playing that actually at the Brooklyn Academy of Music as part oh, of the they're doing uh, Raoul Martin Walsh Scorsese series. Raoul Walsh, yeah. Because uh, the, cause the, the, they're brothers. <laughs> because Scorsese was so influenced by Raoul Walsh. Uh, so if you're in the Brooklyn area and this hasn't already aired afterwards, no, I think I think I think they'll miss it. Then you know what? Just get a DVD because it's <laughs> it's available. Yeah. But the Roaring Twenties, it's a great classic snappy gangster movie uh, with a tragic ending, as they all did back then. And then you know what? Go read Robert Warshow's essay, "The Gangster is Tragic Hero." Why not? And the other movie I recommend is Kung Fu Hustle. <laughs> yeah, if that X gang was the top gangsters, uh, is the movie The Friends of Eddie Coyle, uh, directed by Peter Yates, 1973, uh, one of Robert Mitchum's best movies, especially of his later movies. Uh, Peter Boyle's in it, too, and it's a, an, a picture of a time when gangsters were a lot less glamorous and a lot more gritty. Uh, and it's just a, another great movie about gangster betrayal uh, and the tragedy that happens when your life gets mixed up with gangsterism. Did you did you screen that the 92Y or No, I wanted to, but I think they did it another I either they did another time or we couldn't get a print of it sure. cuz I really wanted to. It's a really good movie. Uh I may have shown it once at my house. Stuart, do you want to go or shall I? Sure, I'm going to continue this theme of gangster movies and recommend Manhunter from 1986. I don't know if I call it a gangster movie. <laughs> With it's the greatest gangster of all, gangster. Hannibal Lecter. Lecter? <laughs> now, what makes Hannibal Lecter a, uh, a, vil- a, a gangster? Well, he's played by uh, a <laughs> popular <laughs> Cockney actor, Brian but, Cox. But he's not involved in, cri- in organized crime in any way. Uh, so I've been Rico statutes would take him down. <laughs> no, you don't need him because he's killing people and eating them. 
Spoiler alert. <laughs> so, that he doesn't do, he's already in jail when the movie starts. Sure, and it rhymes with cannibal. I get it. <laughs> yeah. um, so I've been, uh, I've been doing some prep lately for a piece I'm doing for the upcoming I Love Bad Movies issue. Um, and so I've been... Re, I've been rewatching some of the Thomas Harris based, uh, you know, Hannibal Lecter movies, like your favorite one, Red Dragon, um, and Manhunter, which is based on the novel Red Dragon. But not really to make great. fun of Manhunter and this, I love bad. No, movies. you like? No, no, no. I like. You're gonna make I fun like of what, Hannibal Rising. I'm uh, no, I'm making fun of Hannibal, the Ridley Scott movie. Oh, yeah. You mean the continuing adventures of Hannibal Lecter? Yeah, <laughs> the, Brain Eaters, the, yeah, the love the, story, the adventures of Cannibal Man, um, Hannibal the New Bad. <laughs> it is. I'm. I'm kind. Of surprised they didn't just keep going with movies where he became a superhero and it was eventually just like Popeye but he eats people instead of spinach <laughs> and coming up with food puns um so Manhunter <laughs> uh this was an early Michael Mann movie um it stars William Peterson from Ali- CIS CSI CSI yeah no the Culinary Institute <laughs> um, of science uh and everybody's favorite love interest Tom Noonan <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> playing a Mr. spoiler Sex, alert. People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive, 2002 Forever, Tom Noonan. Um, playing uh, playing uh, Buffalo Bill, right? Uh, no, he's oh, playing, no, not Buffalo, he's I'm playing the, the, I mean the, the dragon. The dragon the dude. Tooth fairy. Tooth fairy. Francis Dollar. Yeah. Right. I, I got the non- Hannibal Lecter, serial killers, and Thomas Harris movies mixed up. And although it although it isn't it doesn't follow the uh, the, the the original novel as closely as the later Brett Ratner directed Red Dragon. Uh, it's a better it's, movie. Yeah, it's a much better movie. And uh, what is it? Does it use Inagata de Vida? I, I yeah. believe. Yeah. In the, uh, so the, the Iron Butterfly. They, they shot a scene with Tom Noonan where he had the big dragon tattoo on his back, and then they redid it with him wearing a shirt because they thought it looked too ridiculous. Yeah. Which uh, is something that Brett Ratner would never do. No. Instead, <laughs> Brett Ratner has has the villain, and maybe this is in the book, but I don't remember it because I don't remember the book that well go and find the original William Yates drawing of uh, 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 sorry, William, Ye- uh, William Yates Blake. William Blake Ugh, I'm getting all over the place William Blake drawing of the red dragon and eat it <laughs> that happens in the <laughs> book that in the book it's such a weird move to have a real painting be eaten by your character <laughs> in a story he kills art people eater. <laughs> art, art eater manhunter art eater <laughs> manhunter colon art eater so manhunter if you like uh, Hannibal Lecter, but want to see it, see him played by Brian Cox, my favorite part. Or if you like Will Agamemnon himself, Agamemnon. If you want to see Striker from X Men Two in a jail cell, but I think my if you if you want to see the therapist from <laughs> Running with Scissors <laughs> eating people, it's implied. What other Brian Cox roles are there that I can reference? Uh, there's, I think, my favorite part of that movie is the shot of Brian Cox. Sitting in his cell, impatiently waiting <laughs> for for him to, for a phone call, and it's like such a like. By the time uh, that uh, that Anthony Hopkins was playing Hannibal Lecter, he was too like invincible. But Brian Cox plays him as this like petulant jerk, who <laughs> really childish, and I like that. Um, so I would like to recommend a movie that I watched, video on demand, less emotion, Dan. Um, okay, too much. You're really over overwhelming everybody. I wanted. To, I- I would like to recommend the movie Grand Piano, starring Elijah Wood, uh, the voice of John Cusack, Frodo, and weirdly <laughs> Alex Winter as a henchman. I don't know what's so weird about that. He's a working actor. Um, yeah, sure. even even Alex Winter's got to eat. Him. Yeah, come on. You haven't seen him in a while. Freaked Two isn't coming out. He's got to get other work. But um, it's a movie that when I saw the trailer, I'm like. What the fuck is this? How can they make this a movie? It's basically a phone booth, except for instead of Keith or Keith or Keith, Keith or, or no, <laughs> Keith say or it, Suffer- say it like Keith or Sutherland, yeah. <laughs> instead of uh, Keith or Sutherland uh, keeping uh, Colin Farrell in a phone booth, it's uh, John Cusack has uh, Elijah Wood in his sights, and Elijah Wood has to play this whole piano uh, recital, the symphony recital, uh, including playing this incredibly complex, unplayable piece. Without messing up any of the notes, or else he will be shot, and he will, his wife will be shot in the in the the opera box. Now, above does him. he have? Is he have extra fingers like that pianist in Gattaca? He does not. That's going to make it more difficult. But um, it is it is an absurd premise, but it is luckily matched by really melodramatic, amped up directing. Like it's a camera swooping around. Uh, there's like kind of a split screen effect at one point. It's very early Brian De Palma. 
Uh, and like but, femme fatale. Uh, well, that's late Brian De Palma. Yeah. I mean, more like sisters. Yeah, I mean, like this is definitely in that Hitchcockian mode. There's something actually very classic about the way this early Brian De Palma. You mean like Hi Mom? Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> greetings. greetings. <laughs> no, uh, but there's something Phantom of the Paradise. But there's something very uh, <laughs> Snake Eyes it's classic later. Hitchcock about the feel of the movie because it's a, it's a, it's a stripped down thriller about an ordinary guy, other than him being a a grand pianist. A grand pianist. Um, and it has nothing pianist. to do with a phone booth. I don't no. know what... I mean, that was just a comparison Dan was making. The final... So he's not on the phone with the guy? <laughs> the final solution... Yeah, well, how does he hear... Is it like a thing in his ear It is an earpiece, yeah. Okay. The final solution for why... Like a blue The final solution. <laughs> Dan, that's offensive. I can't believe you'd support that. The final revelation of why John Cusack... That's better. ...is, is doing this is pretty dumb, but... <laughs> I, there's no not dumb reason for him to do to it. The only, the only not dumb reason would be maybe like... His mother was killed by a piano, yeah. and now he's trying to torture a piano. I don't know. I, I just had a, no, even that's stupid. It's a very maybe fun, he's just the best movie. piano coach ever. Yeah, that could be it. Well, there he's is the Bella Carosi of that uh, as being like an explanation. Like he just wants to hear a beautiful piece played totally well. But um, it's it's just it's just stupid fun. But it's a well put together thriller. Stupid fun says Dan McCoy. Check your brain at the door says Dan McCoy. But keep the receipt. Because they won't give you your brain back without it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and somebody else is going to take your brain. It's going to be in the Lost and Found mm-hmm. box for like a month. And be like, normal. I thought it was my brain. And like, what are you talking about? I thought it was your brain. It doesn't even fit in your head. Yep, exactly. Meanwhile, you're dead because your brain got taken out of your head. Why did you check your brain? <laughs> I don't know. It's a Transformers. I don't know anything anymore because my brain's gone. It's a Transformers. Yeah, that's the type of movie you check your brain at the door for. Yeah, no, that's it's, true. It's not a Transformers. It's a much better movie. <laughs> no, it's a tra- it's called Transformers for a grand piano. <laughs> the piano turns into a robot that saves him. Yeah. Uh, it blocks the bullet Spoiler. and then bites his hands off, just like in the movie Gangster, Gangster Squad. Squad. Okay. Hat headed hand herders. <laughs> the movie. All right. Well, Rated H. For hats <laughs> and hands, <laughs> rated double H, um, triple H, hats, hands, and hurt. All right, let's John endorsed hurt. by wrestler Triple H, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and by preparation H. Let's close the door on this episode. The only way to prepare a hat, <laughs> preparation H, mere preparation H on it, then put it on your head, which is also an H. That then. Put it on your butt, much like that dog that we talked about earlier. Best Flophouse callback ever. Theoretical dog we've suggested. (laughs) (laughs) Or a hound if you want to use an H. Another H? So many H's. (laughs) Too many stupid callbacks. Let's let's stop. Now it belongs to the H's. (laughs) Okay. Or the... For the Flophouse, I've been Dan McCoy. I've been Stuart Wellington. <laughs> and I've been Heliot Kalen. <laughs> Good night, everyone. H. <laughs> I had fun talking to Scott Tobias over Twitter today oh, about Blood about? Rain. <laughs> Because he was talking, he wrote a, a piece about Blood Rain. On uh, by the way, I think it's funny that the only Dissolve article I've talked to any of the writers <laughs> about the Blood Rain. <laughs> uh, I just called him. I mentioned that he didn't. He did not mention Billy Zane in his description. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like it's an oversight.